0: bad things happen when you force deals.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you guys teach us that, right? Like you've been consistent with that. So um, definitely early on, I needed to hear that
0: more and more. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey, everyone, this is episode 136 of the Real Estate Investing Podcast, interviewing Wayne Thompson, I'm your host, Daniel Rapke, joined again by Wayne. Welcome to the show once again, Wayne Thompson. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me back. So Wayne has been a member of the community for quite some time now, and he's shown extreme amount of consistency and just dedication to the land-flipping business model. We had Wayne on episode number 92 back in October, and we talked about how he got multiple deals in under 30 days, and we're going to follow up on all of that. So if you haven't listened to that, uh, make sure to go back. And listen to episode ninety two. But since a lot of people listening, Wayne probably have not heard that first episode. Briefly walk us through your your journey early on, starting out.
1: Yeah. Um, again, thanks for having me back uh, on the podcast. I'm glad to give a give an update on the story and where it's gone thus far. Uh, my background: We started in early twenty twenty in real estate investing as a whole. Uh, we went. We tried the wholesaling route. Uh, it was challenging uh, we tried the house flipping route obviously challenging driving for dollars and being able to find deals was probably the hardest part of all of this um, but my wife and I were very committed to being in real estate in some type of fashion facet, facet or fashion um, and what we decided to do is like kind of just find our our niche. Like, unfortunately, like within within 2020, uh, I was laid off from a software position. So we, and we had a little bit of money saved up. So we were like, what, what can we find in real estate? Uh, unfortunately nothing panned out like short term. We couldn't really figure out like where to go and, and what to do. So, um, it just happened to be maybe about a year and a half had gone by. Um, so we were talking like late 2021, early 2022, and we came across land flipping. And honestly, I thought it was a little bit of a scam, a little bit of like, I don't think this, like people don't really buy land like that, but, but that just kind of proved my ignorance. Um, uh, and thankfully, I was able to come across the land investing online uh, podcast. I actually found it on YouTube, and I just went blaze through every single video. Just went through all of it, and was just learning and learning and learning as much as I could. Uh, and then when the time came, uh, we had some money set aside. Uh, we ju- we took the plunge uh, and we dived in the coaching program,
0: and you know the rest is history. So how much time from starting? What what month did you start again? August. August 1st is so first is when we started. Day. August first, twenty twenty two. Uh, I, I actually remember having the consultation with you prior to you, you joining. So that's all ringing a bell here. How much time did it actually take to get your deals? Yeah, so my first deal, I think it was 18
1: days from the time I jumped in the course to the, or 18 to 20 days, something like that. Forgive me on the minute details, but uh, it was definitely less than 30. Uh, I jumped in right away. I was coming um, from a work trip uh, back from the West Coast, so I had five hours to kill on a plane. And I just dove into uh, the pricing modules and learning as much as I can. I wanted to get to action. Uh, I've been in, I built courses before in the past. I've also been a part of a lot of courses. And I understand that the main difference between the people who have success in these programs and the ones that don't are the ones who take action, right? The content's great. The content's probably going to be pretty consistent, uh, but if you take action, you're going to see results. Uh, Take action and have consistency, you're going to see results. And if you don't, you... You just kind of, kind of delay uh, what you're looking, what you're looking for to happen, right? So uh, I dove in right away. As soon as I got back off the plane that next Monday, I think I sent my mail out. I priced it uh, on the plane
0: uh, and a little bit off the plane, and I sent the mail out uh, and got a deal back in about 18 days or so. So you got a purchase agreement back in 18 days. Was that first purchase agreement you got back? Did you negotiate? Did they call or did they just send it in?
1: Yeah, they. Uh, she called in. Uh, We spoke on the phone, um, and I I think another commitment in this game is to really get on the phone with sellers quickly. Um, I have an answering service. Uh, I listened to one of the podcasts. Uh, Dan, you were talking about, like, you know, getting those hate calls and how it really kind of diminishes your faith, right? It, it kind of like hits you a little bit harder. Uh, obviously, if you don't have the budget for that, you got to do what you got to do. But I know for me, I wanted to have confidence going forward, so I got an answering service to kind of take all the hate calls. She was one of the first ones that was really interested in selling uh, her land. Got on the phone with her, negotiated a bit, not a ton. She didn't give me a ton of wiggle room, but thankfully you know, due to the help of Ron and Dan, I priced my first county pretty good. Uh, and I had a lot of
0: room to be able to make a lot of money in the deal. So how much room, how much room are we talking? What, what that first deal look like? Yeah.
1: So it's, it's funny that we talk about this, this first deal, because I had it under contract. We've been under contract with this deal three times, um, from, you know, just fickle sellers, uh, sorry, fickle buyers, um, who some were cash and were, uh, um, somewhere like had to get financing. Uh, but it ended up that first deal, we bought it at 42. We ended up selling it actually we, we, we closed on this first deal. This very, very first one we closed on the 20th and it's going to be for 67. So we wanted like North of 84 when we, when we first did it, but there was a defect within the land and that just proved a little bit challenging, but, um, that first deal taught me a whole lot uh, about the process um, and kind of getting it to this point. But since then, we've closed several other deals in between. Then, so it didn't make us lose confidence in the process.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you're, it's not like you're losing money or anything. You still made uh, a fair chunk of change there. That's not nothing. I mean, buying for what'd you say, forty, and selling for sixty. Yep, F- buying for forty-two, selling for sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. So there's still wiggle room, and that if that if margin like that is uh, your worst margin yet. That's kind of saying something because there's a lot of business models that would eat that all day. And let's, let's talk about some deals in between. Cause I've know you have several, um, well actually let's just fast forward. So that was, that last episode was from October. Let's fast forward to today. What kind of deals are you doing? What kind of, what's your business look like? What's your, your numbers look like? What, what are you, what are your goals? Yeah, the goals. Well, let's, I'm you my goals for the last six
1: months. So my wife and I gave us we gave ourselves six months in this business to find out if it was going to be profitable, if it was going to be successful. If we made any type of profit within that six months, that gave us the confidence to say, let's go ahead and, and go forward. We started sending out you know, about 1,500 to 2,000 pieces of mail uh, because we did not know what was going to happen when we sent out mail. So we wanted to ease our way into it. We bridged up and we got to about 4,000 um, pieces of mail, I think, in January we sent out. Throughout that, we've got we've got back about like solid solid. We probably got back mm, 20 purchase agreements within that time. As far as real deals, though go. We probably fiddled down to about six. Right. And they're all in like varying stages. But let me give you some details on one. Uh, There was one in um, uh, we we had one deal. We were I sent out the mail. She we offered 22. She wanted 53. Right. We were really confident in this deal. Um, long story short I could give you the really long detail on that deal we sold it for 90 zero days on market right so the day that we bought the bought the land we closed that very same day so bought 53 sold for 90 um, one wow. deal that we just did last month um, we I was a little bit like uh, timid on this because like once we got that those like these deals on their contract you start getting a lot more momentum and you feel like you got a little bit more juice right yeah so there was a, a deal that we had uh, we took it down for 73 change uh and we sold it for 170. Um oh, wow we sold it with zero days on market again um the 170 73 yes bought 73 sold for 170 wow so we like we probably left some money on the table because we didn't go to market um like we probably could have got thirty 000 to forty thousand dollars more if we just let it sit on the market a couple days but we're still young uh, in this game. And like uh, for my wife and I, it was like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. We did not want to say, oh, what could happen? We know that a lot of people have deals that sit out on the market. We we had one deal, right, that was sitting on the market for a long time. So we wanted to be able to, to go and, and get with some buyers who really, really wanted to go ahead and get the land right away. So we came up with an agreement. We sold it. Zero days on market. Our money was in the account that day. So
0: that, Zero D.O.M.
1: Are, yeah. So we, we had two deals like that so far. Go
0: ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, so your first deal took months and months and months to sell, it sounds like. But in between then, you had some zero days on market where you literally put them up and sell it that same exact day, which is crazy. And it all balances out to a sustainable number. And that's the thing. There's going to be outliers on both sides. There's going to be zero days on market outliers. And there's also going to be you know four or five month outliers as well on that end. Um, but it all balances out to a sustainable days on market number.
1: Yeah, right now our um our average days on market is like just under ninety days. So somewhere I think it's like eighty-seven days or something like that with all of the stuff. And, and I mean we're happy with that. I think that's what you guys kind of teach. Like anywhere from six to eight weeks, um, is where you want to be. Ours is a little bit longer because of this one deal, but we're good. Like we're 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 really happy where we where we are. And um, our, and I guess going back to the question, like what's what's our goal? Our goal was a deal a month at fifteen thousand. Right, so we wanted to make one hundred eighty thousand for the year, um, starting in like December twenty twenty two to December twenty twenty three. Um, we are just under one hundred twenty thousand, and we have nine months left to go. Uh, so suffice it to say, we met with Ron last week, and we, we
0: changed our goal for th- for this year because <laughs> we're already more than halfway. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're seventy five percent to your twenty twenty three goal, and it's March seventh, yeah. the day of recording this. So, uh, yeah, definitely goals needed. That's a good that's a really good problem to have, adjusting your goal in a more lucrative favor. So your goal was one hundred eighty thousand. What's what's your goal adjusting from that now?
1: Yeah. Our our new goal is five hundred K between now and the and the the goal is here. We're just going to ramp up our mail. Right. So we went from fifteen hundred to two thousand to four thousand. Now we're going to eight to twelve thousand a month. Um, and you know, thankfully, you know, our, my wife and I aren't looking to like go crazy with the money that we've gotten within these past few deals. We reinvested it. Um, cause we really have goals of like long-term goals with this business versus, and don't get me wrong. I fully believe celebrate. And we, we, we did celebrate. We did a couple of things, but for the most part,
0: like this money is going back into the business so that we can scale even more. Yeah. Just compound that money back in. I love that. Let's talk about some early hurdles. So you briefly touched on the deal that took you months and months to sell. That might have been one hurdle to overcome, but you learned a lot through that process and you still made a profit. What has been some of the most challenging things going from that first deal to knowing very little about the business to today where your goal is $500,000, you are already at $120,000 year-to-date profit?
1: Yeah. Um, one of the biggest hurdles is like getting PAs with bad land. Um and like learning how to evaluate bad land. Um, we've spent a little bit too much time on deals that weren't deals, right? I mean, so sometimes you'll get it where a person sends in the purchase agreement and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so great. You bring it to the call. Uh you and Ron are like, Uh, I'm not too sure about this one. And you're all pumped because you got like a, a purchase agreement. And then you're like, Oh no, let me do some more due diligence. Let me let me show them this is a really good deal. And in the end, you guys were right, right? And that's why we have you, right? To be able to save us that time and that headache. And I think I spent probably in the early months a little bit too long uh, focusing on the bad deals instead of like, all right, let me just turn around and get some more mail out and getting some more good deals back. Uh, I did learn a ton, so it wasn't a complete uh, loss there. But ultimately, you want to maximize your time. Uh, my wife and I, we work full time. Uh, and we are parents to two young children who are very, very active and, and I. I activities all around. So we need to be like really, really cognizant of our time and not like really wasting our time on things that are not going to be profitable for us.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing we see early on, especially is people get emotionally tied to the land. You get that purchase agreement back, you maybe see the numbers, see that the profits potential $60,000 to make, but the land's actually crap land. Um, And that's one of those things. We did it early on. We see a lot of people doing it early on. A lot of time, the goal is just to move on from that land and focus on other acquisitions or other leads or getting more mail out. More land will come. You don't need to force deals. That's when you see people getting really, really tight on the margins when they're starting to force deals Uh, and just bad things happen when you force deals. Yeah. And I mean, you guys teach us that, right? Like
1: you've been consistent with that. So um, definitely early on, I needed to hear that more and more uh, because I spent, I got it. Like I said, we've got, you know, 20, 25 purchase agreements back quickly and we were like oh man we got all these deals and then this one you know no road accident this one is in the mountains that no one's gonna want this one uh is landlocked and you know you can't get an easement or access because the county's like nope we're not doing any more easements or access or you know there's different opportunities and these were different like really significant deals like we're talking about deals that were gonna net you know 40 50 60k had they been good deals but they weren't right, right? so we spent a lot of time Uh, a a bit too much time, I think is one challenge. And then I think a second one um, is just like, remember to be, it's a really constant balance of like being aggressive and being patient, right? Um, When you're super aggressive and and, and I would say to anyone like with your mailing schedule, be super diligent about that mailing schedule. Like just know that every two weeks, one week or whatever, you want the phone to keep ringing versus you are working on a deal, this deal doesn't pan out, and now your phone's not ringing for another two and a half to three weeks because you didn't send out mail in the meantime. Uh, and it could be delicate because when you're working on a deal, you're calling, you're doing due diligence, setting up droners, going back and forth, you're doing a lot of activity, and like, okay, well, the, the next leads will come after I get this deal. But if that deal doesn't pan out to be a deal, now you're in a dead zone. And, you know, it's not necessarily a great time to be in that dead zone. Uh, I've been, uh, I, I've tried to do a good job of either listening to the calls or going to the, um, going to the weekly webinars to at least hear about other people's deals just to really just keep my confidence in that keep my faith up because it can be daunting right when you're not seeing as much success but when you're in the room of other people who are going over deals and they're getting it you know that okay well if they can get a deal I'm right behind them uh, and vice versa right we I think the, the community is so great with that with everyone just kind of sharing the wins sharing their insights
0: sharing knowledge uh, so that you can keep it going. Exactly. The community is great for picking you up when you're down. Um, just because you can like business, isn't a straight line up. you never find a business. That's just a straight line up, right? You go up a little bit and you come down near to where you were falling before. And then you go up, but that, that low points always higher than the low point previously, because you are going up, it just might not always feel like it. And that's one thing to keep in mind. Like Wayne did a really good job. He's on a lot of the calls watching a lot of the videos. And he sees, like, he knows this is a sustainable business. He knows this business works. Um, and, and that's another thing you've done great with Wayne is not looking for external excuses like, Oh, land flipping doesn't work or, uh, the markets too saturated or whatever the excuses are. It's more looking internal. What can we do to better our business? Cause this business works. I mean, you've made, yeah. you just started August one and this year, year to date, you've made $120,000. I mean, this business works look internally more than externally. I think it's a big point here.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, the the process works. Uh, I mean, not only you guys, there are, you know, 10 dozens of other coaching courses out there teaching, like, oh, land is a viable business. Uh, and no, it's not too saturated. I mean, if you really just start to sit back and think how many counties there truly are in the continental US, you, your mind would be blown. Um, and it's funny that I just said that because you talk about challenges like analysis paralysis is another huge one, especially when it comes to county selection and then pricing. Mm-hmm. I have gotten stuck several times just feeling like I mailed the wrong county. Oh man. I, ugh, should I do this County or that County and get st- like really, really stuck. And then I pick my County then I get really stuck on the pricing and I'm like, Oh, let me tweak it. And to the point where I'm almost tweaking each individual sales sell of a 2,500 uh, piece of mailer. And it's like, wait a second. It's just way, way too analytical. Um, Get your mail out, get your pricing together, you know, use the community to help get some feedback and and take action. You're going to get purchase agreements back. Uh, It was very, very rare that you send out, if you follow the method that LAO kind of lists out that you send mail out and you get nothing back. It it happens, but it's it's rare, right? So be consistent in that mail, get it out there and and don't like get stuck with that analysis paralysis because you'll be in this program four or five, months and not have sit anything out because you're trying to make everything a little bit too perfect. So, uh, I, I experienced that, that challenge as well. And once you make that action happen, you're going to realize, okay, these guys are right. Keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Get on the phone with sellers. Don't wait. Don't wait to get on the phone with a seller. Um, because when you wait, you just give somebody else an opportunity to come and grab that land or you give the seller an opportunity to change their mind. Someone in the community told me, like, "Hey, man, sellers are fickle," and it's it's just so true. One day they're like, "Yes, let's go," and then the next day something else happens in their life, and they're no longer willing to sell the land. So while they while the strike while the iron is hot,
0: while they're ready to to make a deal with you, yeah, they're at that selling intent in the funnel, the bottom, kind of like the bottom of the funnel. They've gone through their head. They know they want to sell. They they call you. They're expecting to talk to one of the business owners they're expecting to talk to Wayne and answering service answers and then if Wayne didn't call him for three days, so many things can happen uh They maybe talk to family members, whatever that is It's really important to hit them when they're in that in that step of the funnel I mean that's like uh you just think of the overall sales funnel. they're in it you got to get them on the phone, lock it up while you can. I really like that you brought that point up, but before this call, Wayne, you talked about how you just locked up uh just under six figure deals. So, we talked about your goal this year $500,000 of profit. Are you going after bigger deals? Because you said you locked up. I assume it's in the 80s or 90s.
1: Yeah. So, this one, that was the one I talked to you about. So, we did the 75 and we sold for 170. So, we were just under six figures, which was like, ah. But, you know, I didn't want to be greedy, right? Like, I think that another thing in this business, realize when a good deal is a good deal, take what you can and kind of move on. Um, but we want to do at least one of those a quarter. One of those things that are close to six figures, um, I think I've gotten a lot better at my pricing uh, at that level, and I've gotten a lot better at knowing how to talk to sellers at their level. Right now, we are in negotiation for a parcel that it should wrap up on Thursday. We're going to get it under contract for like 90. Actually, no, we came back. Uh, We're going to get it under contract for like 95. Yep. And we should be able to sell it for 180. So like the, to have these back to back is is really, really exciting. Um, and I'm really, really glad to. And I had to really negotiate with this seller because this is her family land. This is her inheritance. We wanted to make sure that she got something fair. There. But there's also, you know, this business. We want to make sure that we have significant margin. Um, and we also want to make sure that we have a good deal for the next person to come and get. So when there's a win, win, win on all sides, that's what we really, really want. So um, that's but that's my goal. I want I want to live if I could in. The 20 to 50 acre range, like making deals like that, that'll significantly, I can be able to take down for, you know, 85 or between 70 and a hundred thousand and be able to kind of turn that into 140 to 200,000. That'd be ideal, but I'm not neglecting the other opportunities as well. Um,
0: but I, I really spend a lot of time with pricing to make sure that those ranges are are pretty good. And that's the thing we look at from land flipping perspective. We look at things really micro focused on our, our. Profit and everything, but like you said, win-win-win, right? The the seller, she thinks she's getting a steal at ninety-five thousand. She thinks she's making good money. She is. She's liquidating uh, an asset for ninety-five thousand dollars, yeah. and whatever you close in two weeks or whatever that situation is, uh, you just don't know what the alternatives for her are. Maybe she needs money now. Maybe she has a mortgage to pay off or her kids going to college. You just don't know their situation. Whatever it is, they agreed to sell it at ninety-five thousand she's getting a great win, right? That's a lot well, of money is. to get in just a couple. So she's getting a win. Wayne's getting a win because he's able to take that now, sell it to a future buyer for 90, 95, 100% of what it's worth when there's not that much good, well-priced land out there. So he's creating a future opportunity for the, the end buyer. And that that's just the thing. Like everyone, Wayne's up in the air dancing, throwing money around. The <laughs> seller's up in the air throwing money around with that 95,000. The future buyer's like, wow, I got a great piece of land uh, you know, there's just not a lot of great pieces of land out there properly priced, Wayne. So I like that yeah. you brought that win, win, win up. But one other thing I wanted to talk about uh, is partnerships. Do you currently have a partner? Yeah, my wife. I, I figured. I just wanted to make sure we ease in that in case anything changed from, from on, <laughs> oh, when yeah. we talked. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, that's so, my partner. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, I, I know you do this with your wife. I just wanted to open up with that. But how do you balance a business partnership and family, your wife. Uh, So it's obviously, you know, things can get hairy there. People always say, stay away from getting in business with family. I'm personally in business with my brother, as you know, Uh, you're in business with your wife. A lot of people do this, uh, father, son, husband, Mm -hmm. wife, Mm -hmm. uh, brother, sister, brother, brother, whatever it is. Like we see so much of that. So I wanted to touch on that so people don't just hear from me and Ron and I's perspective. Let's hear from you.
1: Yeah, 100 uh, percent. I'm a believer in partnerships. Um, before this, I had an exit with a business partner who uh, we had a lot of success in that business. And I would not have had that success by myself. Uh, and I know that the stigma is that, oh, well, I got to give up 50 percent of the money when I have a partner. Well, you know, 100 percent of zero is zero. Right. So, I mean, you could really try to do everything by yourself and be super stressed uh, and then make a little money or you can get together with someone and really make something fantastic and great. Um, My wife and I have spent a lot of time just making sure that there is a a proper balance and division of assignments. Um, And I think that expectation going in, I mean, you can have the Business partnership with your family member. You could have it with, you know, anyone else that you may know, an associate, a former coworker, whoever. But there's got to be a like trust there. There's got to be like some inherent trust that you have with that person. B, there's got to be some verification of documents like, hey, here's our operating agreement. This is how things are going to be divided. When money gets involved, people reveal who they truly are. And you never want to find out that someone is like, not for you basically uh, after the fact so you have those operating agreements and you have those legal documents to be able to uh, just be a backup for you just in case anything happens and it works for both parties and then see on the day-to-day here's we're going to split all of the, the things that we need to do with land family whatever here's what you're going to do here's what I'm responsible for um, and we can hold each other accountable to that In addition, when we're lacking in an area, like I can raise my hand and say, you know, babe, I'm really busy. Can you help me out with pricing? She has no problem jumping in and say, you know what, I'll go ahead and price this next county so we can make sure to get the mail out because we both have the same goal, and that endpoint is like to make this business grow. Obviously, it was 180 before; it's 500k now. We both have that same goal, and we both are committed to like making the necessary sacrifices to be able to do that. And it's not always going to be easy. Like last night, for one example, my son wasn't feeling hundred percent. And I had to stay with him and just like be next to him while I was supposed to be pricing. Well, after he was finally got to bed, it was super late. It was like 1230. I got off with my, my son I put him to bed and I got on the computer and started pricing until like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning and that's just a sacrifice oh. that comes in and she was there to be able to help with my daughter and all the other activities and so like we have that division and we have that equal partnership so we know hey it's always going to be 50 50 sometimes it's going to be 60 40 me to her sometimes it's going to be vice versa but we're here to support one another and do whatever we can to be able to make sure that we achieve our goal
0: And when those disputes come up, if they ever do, how do you guys handle that? Like just business disputes with each other?
1: Yeah, I I think that being able to, we have this thing called a family meeting, right? Uh, And in this family meeting, it's really about communication. Um, One person gets to talk for 20 minutes. The other person gets to talk for 20 minutes. And this is uninterrupted. And then at the end, we discuss resolutions for 20 minutes, right? So the biggest thing that we get is when we have disputes is someone's not listening to someone else. So when those 20 minutes of, like, I get to go all the way through and talk and you can't retort to my point, your job is just to listen, well, then you start realizing, oh, wow, I thought she meant this and she really meant this. My bad. Okay. Or vice versa. So the communication piece, I think, is so necessary because disputes are only there because there's a breach in communication at some point, right? right. So how do we ensure that that breach gets rectified? We got to listen. We got to take time to okay, here and and really admit, I could be wrong, right? We always feel everyone is right all the time. Like, nope, I'm a hundred percent right on this. If you take the time to say, you know what? I could be wrong and just listen to the other person's point of view. You're going to find yourselves with a lot
0: less disputes and and a lot more progression to where you need to go. I love that just open your mind up to listen to the other person. 20 minutes is a long time to just start rambling. I could imagine you get, a... <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, wow, could I talk for 20 minutes straight like that? That's that's really cool you guys do that. And in yeah. business, it might look different. That's a, what'd you call it, your family, what'd you call it? Family meeting, yeah. Family meeting. So in business, mm-hmm. maybe it'll be a business meeting and shorten the 20 to maybe five or 10 minutes, you know, right. once a week, just so the other person can hear them out. Um, I just think that is key. Ron and I do a Monday meeting every, every Monday at 1230. We do a meeting going over the previous week and updating it. There's a, a criteria to what we do and kind of a flow to it. But we yeah. go over key points and then key things we need to talk about and then kind of hear each other out on – because we have different roles and responsibilities, kind of hear out what they're facing, hear out what I'm facing, and then kind of wrap it up from there. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people who think there's too many meetings, um, which which can be the case. You don't want too many meetings, but you, you need to make sure that communication is, is free-flowing in some way.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and honestly, in most of the cases – um, and I mean, this is like marriage advice slash business advice. It's like, someone's not feeling listened to someone's not feeling heard. Right. Um, and it could be both of you, right. Who are not feeling heard. So doing this format allows the other person, a platform to be heard. Um, when you're being able to just kind of go over, like, what's the issues that you're having and, and, um, at the end you work together towards solutions. I mean, everyone's happy at the end of the day. Cause like I got my platform, someone could actually hear me, um, because I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, you're going back from an argument or a dispute, and you're like, "Man, he's just not listening," or "She's not exactly. listening." All right? Uh, so this kind of gives you
0: that platform to be able to have someone ensure that they're listening. Absolutely. Well, we just turned to the real estate podcast into real estate <laughs> slash therapy session. There, there you <laughs> go. No, I love it. It's it, it goes hand in hand, especially if you guys have partners. Like this is really good advice. What uh, last thing to kind of bring up, Wayne? For anyone sure. starting out, or maybe they're hitting a hurdle. Uh, they're thinking about getting started. What advice do you have for someone starting out?
1: Yeah, um, get going, get started. Uh, I mean, I would not try to do this alone. Do not rely, I mean, these YouTube videos and these interviews are fantastic, they're great, but get in, invest inside of yourself uh, to be able to see the success that you want to. Um, And if you can't do it right now, as far as like, like, you know, by yourself, partner with someone, put money together so that you can go in and watch the videos together and figure out how you can best make that happen. Be able to do that and you're going to see results a lot faster than if you're just trying to, you know, figure out and put all the pieces together from Google. I know people say, oh, all the information to give you is on Google. OK, good luck finding it. It's going to take you a year and a half to put it all together. They've already got it in a course for you. You don't have to go find anything. So you have saved a whole bunch of time and money uh, just being able to invest in yourself and, and get in, into a program, get into a community like this. Um, and, and honestly, like utilize the community. Like, we know there's a free discord out there. Go ask people questions. Um, you're not going to get anywhere in, in business without sacrificing and doing things that make you nervous. So maybe talking to brand new people makes you nervous, right? Maybe the whole sales concept makes you nervous. Maybe sending out random letters to random people makes you nervous. You're going to have to do the thing that scares you to be able to really get to the success
0: that you want. So. Absolutely. Well, as always, Wayne, thanks again for joining. Uh, we appreciate you coming on here. Thanks so much for having me again, Dan. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple podcast. It really helps our business grow and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining and we'll see you next episode.